PFG Private Wealth Management LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. The topics and information discussed during this podcast are not intended to provide tax or legal advice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed on this podcast. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Insurance products and services are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed insurance agents. The rules of retirement have changed. No longer can most of us rely on Social Security or a single pension to fund our futures. We're living longer, and retirement doesn't just last a handful of years anymore. Instead, you might stay retired for 20 or 30 years, and maybe even more. We need to look at retirement through a new lens, with fresh eyes, with a new approach and plan of attack. Here to answer the call are financial advisors John Texera and Nick McDevitt of PFG Private Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Tampa Bay area. This podcast is Retirement Planning Redefined, and it starts right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome into this week's podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in to Retirement Planning Redefined with John and Nick from PFG Private Wealth Financial Advisors. You're going to talk with me again about investing finance and retirement. Hopefully you've been uh, listening to our series we've been doing the last couple of weeks on, well, just really what's going on in the world in general. And we're going to continue on with that theme by talking about investing in down markets this go around. So first off, let me say welcome in, guys. Nick, how you doing, bud? Doing well, doing well. How about yourself? All right, hanging in there, considering all things. Hopefully everybody's safe and staying home and staying with a shelter in place and all that good stuff and not going too stir crazy. John, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, it's funny, you know, as I'm uh, quarantining here, I'm taking a lot of walks. So I'm actually meeting more of my neighbors now that I'm uh, supposed to be stuck at home. <laughs> Isn't it interesting? Like all the different things, we, so many conversations being had about how our life is so different. And, you know, if you want to look silver linings, there's a lot of silver linings we can find in this. I mean, I know it's tough when people are getting sick and, and, and passing away and all, but there's so many things that we're slowing down and maybe realizing stuff that we didn't need or we didn't have to use or we didn't rely on. Or uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday and they were, you know, they were said, this sounds like I'm joking, but they're like, my Starbucks budget. I didn't realize how out of control it was, you know, and it's like, I know that's a minor thing. There's like, but coming out of this, I want to kind of think about how to, you know, be better about not drinking so much coffee or at least drinking so much overpriced coffee. <laughs> you know, you could ask Nick how he's doing with that. His Starbucks budget's pretty high. Was it? How, how you doing, bud? It used to be until I bought myself an espresso machine uh, okay. about a year and a half ago. So yeah. Yeah, I took care of that expense issue a little while but back. But you could relate then to what they were saying, right? They were like, it was oh, out for of control. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, especially because I, I typically drink like lattes instead of just kind of regular coffee. So right. um, those are a little bit harder to yeah, make at home. Six bucks and, a pop, uh, seven bucks a pop, whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. So um, so I brought that cost in-house and good machine pays for itself pretty quickly. Yeah, there you go. See, look, there's an investing tip right away. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right off the bat. Uh, boom, a bonus thing you didn't know. All right, so <laughs> let's talk about investing in down markets, guys. John, talk to me about proper asset allocation. Let's just jump in and spend some time on some of these pieces, okay? Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, we want to recap from our session uh, the last time where we really talked about planning. And you know, we, we go from the standpoint of the plan really dictates your investment strategy. Mm -hmm. So once you have your 
your plan in place, it tells you, hey, this is how you should be invested, whether it's conservative, moderate, aggressive growth or income. But once you determine that, you really need to develop the right allocation of investments within your portfolio. And once you determine that, hey, I'm going to be, you know, I'm just throwing this out there, 60% equities and 40% bonds, you really want to stick to that strategy. And when you're building that portfolio, you want to, you know, put into things like diversification as far as not having all your eggs in one basket and really develop uh, kind of a zig and a zag in your portfolio. So in reality, it sounds kind of weird to say, but you always want something going down while the market's going up per se, because what will happen is when the market's going down, hopefully that asset class will be going up. And that's one thing that we do in our portfolios. We really try to make everything kind of work together as a unit and part of that is I'm going to throw out a, a term people probably haven't heard is correlation of assets. And that's how we can determine exactly how are these assets correlated. So when one goes up, is one going down? If one goes up, is the other one not doing anything at all? And when you structure and put that all together, you can really build a, a good portfolio for someone to kind of weather the storm a little bit in this type of volatile market. Yeah. And zig and zag also happens to be John's favorite dance move as well. So he really... Uh, Tries to tie into that as do, much as he can. Do the zig, do the zag. All right, there you yep. go. I can see Nick's it. just a little jealous. He has no zigging and zagging. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I would have pegged you as a stanky leg kind of guy myself, but you know. Uh, <laughs> you got me right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. So, Nick, what, what's your thoughts here? So, really, you know, from the asset allocation standpoint, you know, really what you need to take into consideration to determine that. You know, the plan helps kind of create the parameters and what makes sense from a planning standpoint. But then there's also the emotional aspect of it and people's kind of previous and in historical experiences with the market can play in. So any client that we bring in that we go through kind of a risk tolerance, you know, process where essentially they, they're answering questions that have to do with risk. And, you know, typically it's probably the process that people like the least um, because, right. it, it, you know, oftentimes they kind of want us to tell them, well, hey, this is what, you know, you guys are here for, right? Is to kind of help guide, guide us through this. And, and the answer, you know, to that and the feedback on that is, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going to tell you if you're not necessarily taking enough risk for the plan or if the answers that you're providing are outside of what your plan is kind of telling us makes sense. But at the same time, you know, we want to make sure that the amount of risk that they are going to take is something that's comfortable to them, even during uncomfortable times, which, you know, obviously we're in right now. So, so that work up front, you know, one of the things that we really do emphasize with, you know, people that we work with is we do a significant amount of work up front. You know, our process is probably a little bit more in depth and tedious than a lot of other advisors out there that tend to focus on, hey, let's get the money in and then we'll dial in, you know, after that, where we say, let's get the plan done, you know, let's kind of do the work up front to make sure that, you know, we don't have to overreact or make, you know, emotional decisions at the time where, you know, we are the most emotional. We can kind of revert back and say, hey, remember, this is why we did what we did. Here's the process that we went through. We spent a lot of time doing this. This is why it makes sense. So, you know, um, making sure that as we approach retirement, we have a plan for adjusting the risk, uh, you know, and early in retirement, but also making sure that we're not 
kind of getting out of all market risk, you know, not being in the market, you know, has a cost and opportunity cost, and that's its own sort of risk. So that work that we do up front and determining the asset allocation and the risk really helps us kind of weather through the tough times. No, it's really great points here as we're talking about investing in down markets. So again, proper asset allocation, risk, obviously those are all key factors in there. Um, what about the, just the value that an advisor brings? I've been saying for, you know, I do tons of shows and podcasts all across the country and I've been saying for a while now that, you know, as we're moving through this coronavirus epidemic, never been a better time to have an advisor and really in so many ways, you should have one anyway, but going through this, people aren't sure where they stand or they're not sure how things are going to look on the other side. And I just think that the value of an advisor is immeasurable right now. Yeah. You know, we obviously have a little bit of uh, built-in bias that, sure. you know, we do feel that we add value and we are important. But, you know, the reality is that there's been studies that have been done and Vanguard has done a pretty good study. We'll talk about that a little bit. But but the reality is, is that, you know, during times like this, having someone to share concerns with, to be able to talk to. One of the things that we really emphasize early on and when we work with people is the importance of communication, where you know we want to be heavy on technology, heavy on communication. We want to make sure that people are comfortable having difficult discussions and conversations with us because that allows us to really do our job. You know, we're really hamstrung when we don't have the information that we need. So when we can be a sounding board for clients, you know, even though I know all of these things, I will say I was still a little bit surprised how far a five or 10 minute conversation with clients over the last month went, Mm -hmm. where really they just needed some affirmation, a reminder of what's going on, a reminder of what what we're going through in that, although it's looked different, we've been here before. And the feedback that we've gotten from people has been, you know, very positive. And and that's where, you know, some of these studies and, and John can talk about it a little bit more in detail, the Vanguard study, where the studies have shown that the performance that people uh, who work with an advisor have versus people that don't work with an advisor, there's a pretty drastic difference. And and part of that is because of the work that goes up front, it's not just, hey, somebody picked better investments at different points of time. Really, it, it has to do with the plan and the overall strategy and and having a game plan and implementing those sorts of things. Yeah. And, and that, that study, it's, uh, you know, Vanguard did it. It's called Advisors Alpha. And, you know, basically, you know, the study came out to showing that uh, having an advisor brings about an average of 3% increase in the portfolio over the years. And really, that's in a kind of a, a segmented time period where, you know, where the market's doing really well or the market's doing really bad, where advisors help clients kind of take emotion out of it. And if you hear a dog barking, that's my dog. But um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, we really help take emotions out of it. And one of the things that I'd say when things were going really good, you know, I, I'll say we have some people that, hey, maybe I should get more aggressive. And one of, the, one of our jobs is to make sure that they stay the course in what we initially set up up front. And the same thing when the market's been volatile this last month, it's, hey, let me, let me sell out. Let me, let me get more conservative. And it's like, no, let's go back to our initial plan our initial strategy, let's stay the course. And I think that's one of the biggest values that, uh, well, one of the values that we bring to our clients is really just helping them, you know, take emotion out and realize it's it's never as good as it seems, it's never as bad as it seems. And let's just kind of, let's, let's stick to the plan and the strategy. Yeah. And, and part of that too is, 
you know, depending upon how closely they follow things like the news or what's going on, you know, the market tends to be a leading indicator on things. And so this last really month and a half has been a good example of, you know, before people were seeing the negative impact in their communities of the virus and the things that were happening and, you know, as they were still going to work and really their day to day life hadn't really started to change yet, the market was racing down. And so, you know, now we're pretty much 20% off of the bottom. And, you know, from a societal standpoint and from a lifestyle standpoint, people's biggest impact is, is currently happening. They're currently living that. And yet, you know, they're seeing that this market bounces back. And that's really a good example of, of what happens. And when you kind of let the emotions or even, you know, sometimes and it sounds weird to say it, but sometimes logic kind of get in the way, you can really have a, a negative impact on your overall investment strategy. No, and I get what you're saying about, you know, the logic portion of it as well, because we, well, if anything, logic seems to be going out the window anyway right now <laughs> So for a lot of things. There's all this uh, new paradigm that we find ourselves in. It's very difficult sometimes to, you know, figure out which way is up and which way is down. And you're talking about the markets, and obviously we've seen, you know, huge, massive swings. At the time we're taping this particular podcast, it's we've had a couple of decent days in a row. But that, John, does create buying opportunities, or at least the the conversation to have with your advisor, hey, is this a good time to to buy? Is it a good time to look into, you know, this, that, or the other as part of the overall strategy? Yeah, and, and one thing we like to look at uh, before we jump into that is really what's your time horizon with the money? Is this money that you're going to need within the next year? Mm-hmm. You know, you may want to not consider buying it in a volatile market, but if you're looking at a five-plus-year time horizon, I would say this is a, an excellent time to really consider buying some equities you know, looking back at 2008, and I'll preface it by saying, you know, past past performance is not indicative of future performance. But there were a lot of um, stocks that I'm sure, if you look back at and said, "Oh man, I wish I bought it at that price," just what they've recovered over, you know, two or three years after the 2008 recession. So, um, you know, we have had some people calling in saying, "Hey, you know, this is a great time to." to buy, what do you think? You know, I'd like to put some money to work for me and take advantage of some of these stocks that are on sale. And when you kind of say it that way, it, it makes a little bit more sense because if you go to the store and it's like, would you rather buy stuff at full price or when they're on sale? So, you know, that just kind of kind of brings a full circle to ha- help people understand that a little bit more. Yeah, I would just say that, you know, there's always kind of a, a, a silver lining to any sort of situation. And you know, kind of what John emphasized about the, the buying opportunities and that although things are going to be, you know, continue to be difficult, you know, in the quote unquote real world, at least we've got a little bit of stability and, and a reminder for people of, of how these sorts of things play out in the marketplace, how, how they happen quickly, and really the importance of having a, an advisor that can help guide you through it so that you don't make decisions that you're really going to uh, regret in the long term. Well, yeah, and as we're finishing up the podcast this week, guys, I mean, that's the message I've been kind of trying to convey over the last couple ones. I think we're going to continue to push that message as well is that while so many things are out of our control when it comes to the virus and you know when we're off a lockdown or whatever the case might be and we're, we kind of feel like we're sitting on our hands – there's still a lot of things we can be proactive about and thinking about our, our financial future, our retirement future on the other side of this is one of those things we can certainly do. We've got more time on our hands. So 
you know, put some thought into this, have some conversations, talk with your advisor, work with an advisor, find an advisor, whatever the case might be. There's a lot that can be done virtually in this time frame. And people will be saying, well, I can't go drive around and see people. No, you can't, but you can listen to, you know, podcasts like this when you can listen to John and Nick, things that we're talking about. You can reach out to them and let them know you want to talk. They can set you up with a virtual Zoom meeting like the whole world's doing. We're doing one right now. We're doing the podcast through a Zoom meeting. So reach out and let them know that you want to have a conversation about some of the things we've discussed here today on the show when it comes to investing in down markets. And uh, give them a call at 813-286-7776. Again, 813-286-7776. That's the number you call. Let them know that you'd like to chat, and they'll get you set up and taken care of for a time that works well for everybody. You can also go to their website, pfgprivatewealth.com. That's the name of the company, pfgprivatewealth.com. You can subscribe to the podcast while you're there on Apple or Google or Spotify or share it with uh, those who might benefit from the message. And also, of course, check out and learn more about the team, about John and Nick at PFG Private Wealth. Guys, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you as always. Hope you're staying uh, safe and sane and not too stir crazy. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, too. All right, guys, take care. And uh, I'm going to need to see some dance moves on the next episode. <laughs> Just saying. I've heard about we'll take it. Take that under consideration. <laughs> we'll, we'll go video next time and we'll, we'll, see some, we'll see some dance moves. All right, folks, take care of yourself. Have a great week. Have a safe week. And we'll talk to you soon here on Retirement Planning Redefined with John and Nick, financial advisors at PFG Private Wealth.